Hi, I'm Sekhat, marketer, creative and media nerd. Welcome to the You Incorporated podcast. On this show, I catch up with some of the most badass founders, business leaders and content creators in the whole wide world. Whether you're a marketer, creative or a budding founder, if you want to build your brand, your voice, your way, you're in the right place. Join me on the You Incorporated podcast and start building your empire. Here we go. Hello guys. Thank you for all your love through 2022. We wanted to do something really special on our first episode and it's got some amount of emotional value to me. Purely because in some ways the guy who's going to be on the show today happens to be my marketing guru. I went to journalism school. I figured out marketing from YouTube. So life really has come full circle for me. Please welcome Neil Patel to the show. The Wall Street Journal has called him one of the top influencers on the web. Forbes says he is one of the top 10 marketers. Entrepreneur says he's created one of the 100 most brilliant companies. He's a New York Times best-selling author. I can go on and on. But more than anything, I think his contribution is towards sensitizing the young marketer or even pro marketers about the integrity of marketing. So it's a pleasure of a lifetime for me. to welcome Neil Patel to the Union Cooperative podcast. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it and it's uh, my honor to be here. I'm generally fine around famous people, but just hang in there Neil warm up to you. Let's get to know you and a bit about your journey. I think you are one of the OG creator pioneers in the marketing domain. Would I be correct if I say that? You can say that, but I look at it as more I'm just an entrepreneur. So, mm-hmm. every time I've been in business for 21 years now, 22 going on it. Over the years, I've learned a few things. You just go after massive tans and you solve problems. Yes, I right. create stuff on the side. I create content. I create tools. I create videos. But it's all within the purpose of promoting my main business. And in this case, it's my ad agency, NP Digital. So mm. whatever I do, it's for my main business, which is my ad agency. I try to have laser focus. I try not to do multiple things or multiple businesses. I try not to have multiple revenue streams. I try to put all my eggs in one basket and just focus. And either I create something really massive or I don't. This streak of you realizing that you could be the face of your brand. I think yes. entrepreneurs around the world are only now waking up to that realization, right? When did you realize that something like this could work for you? Yeah, so we realized this Five six years ago, when we started NP Digital, technically five years ago, and when we started NP Digital, we had a massive following in many parts of the world. One, India, and we started with the United States first. But I would say around three and a half four years ago, somewhere around that time, we expanded to India because I had such a large readership and following from India, both on social and on my blog, that we're just like, wait, we can actually keep using my brand. creating agencies and it's all one agency it's all called NP Digital which stands right. for Neil Patel Digital and what we started doing is expand to other countries because 
my personal brand gave us an edge. Already had a following, people were familiar with it. And through there, we were generating marketers who were reading, following us for advice. And some of them worked for large corporations that ended up becoming clients. Which platform do you start from? Yes, we started with our blog. Then from there, we started pushing people to Facebook, then Twitter, Mm -hmm. then LinkedIn, then YouTube, then Instagram, and then now TikTok. TikTok's banned in India, but that was the order that we ended up going and leveraging all the platforms. On your part, was it a conscious choice ever? How did you warm up to the idea? Everything is hard work. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You can run a business. If you want to do really well in the corporate world as an employee, you got to work hard. Everything is hard work. Nothing worthwhile just comes overnight. But for me, it was, I'm not good at operations. So I'm not the CEO of my company. There's a guy named Mike Gullickson, who's the CEO of our whole company. And we have 700 to 800 people that work for us globally. And with Mike, he was the president of a division within Dentsu. Dentsu is a global ad agency. They're around the world. I think they have maybe 60 or 100,000 employees, something like that. And uh, so he knew how to operate these businesses. I was always the face, and I've been creating content for over 12, 13 years now. So for me, it was normal. I was used to that work. I felt I was decent at it. I can always improve and get better. So that's what I just continually focus on. But I had other people who are better than me focus on the things that they were good at that I was terrible at, such as I'm not a good manager. I'm not a good CEO, right? So I'm not a good CFO. I don't know finance well compared to someone who is great at accounting. So I hired people who have experience. Like our CFO came from Publicis, which is another large ad agency. So we started picking people who are really good at certain things to fill in the gap. You could say that Neil Patel is the brand. Have you ever wondered who could potentially take this forward? I've thought about that a lot. So I have a daughter and I have a son. I was going to name my son Neil Patel. I decided not. And we named him William Neil Patel, middle name being Neil. And I thought about it. And I thought, do I really need that continually pass from generation to generation? And I'm not saying it can't. But then I started looking at the numbers. Here's an interesting stat for you. Did you know over 70% of our revenue comes from RFPs and from employee referrals? So the company is being less reliant on my brand, Neil Patel, over time. If you look at Ogilvy as another agency, okay, his name is David Ogilvy. David Ogilvy is no longer around, right? They say he's the father of advertising. The company still runs really well, and it's probably bigger now than it was 15, 20 years ago. And now, of course, they've bolted on acquisitions and done things to cause it to grow even faster. But the point that I'm making is I didn't believe that I needed to create a legacy of people within my family to run the business, or I didn't need to create a legacy that continued beyond me that was relying on my name. Now, I believe the company can continually go, but I don't want the legacy to be around me. I want it to be around the team. And that's what we're creating. Because if you look at majority of our revenue, which is 70 plus percent, it's not coming from people who even follow me or some of them may know who I am, but it's coming from employees and RFPs. And that's what I want. I don't want it to be reliant. If I pass away tomorrow and I get hit by a bus or a car, I want the business to continually run, which it can be because we have the infrastructure and the people to continually do. Out of the 800 employees that work for us, 
I don't think I know more than a hundred of them. I'm trying to get to know all of them, but it's just really hard when you keep hiring so many people, right? Sure. I'd love to get the founder Neil Patel to answer this. What is your role in the company? So my big role in the company, yes, I create the media and I do the evangelism, but my bigger role is actually strategy. Where should we go next? What should we do with our cash flow? How should we expand faster? What are new opportunities? So for example, right now we're in the United States, we're in Canada, we're in Brazil, we're in United Kingdom, we're in Germany, we just added Germany, we're in India, and we're in Australia. We're in seven regions, okay? Well, we're now already working on Singapore, we're now working on France and Italy, and Spain and Portugal, EE or Saudi, we don't know which one will be our region for the Middle East. And we're also working on finding someone to run all of the rest of Latin America for Spanish. So our goal is we're already in seven regions. Within the next 12 months, we want to be in a minimum 14. Ideally, we want to be in 20. So we're Mm. working on that. But like that strategy, where are we getting the least from? Where's opportunities? How do we find the right people? How can we grow faster? These are all things that I'm focusing a lot of my efforts on because that can provide a lot of revenue growth for us, not next year, but it can provide a lot of revenue growth for us five years from. Let me then also ask the founder, Neil Patel, what do you think is the role of content? So the role of content for us is just education. How can you educate and give back, be a thought leader? How can you open other people's eyes and help them make better decisions? Content sometimes helps us generate customers. But believe it or not, whether we get a million more visitors or we get a million less visitors, it doesn't impact our revenue too much. Because a Tata isn't going to sign up with you just because they read a blog. They need to understand what you're doing, have you submit proposals, make projections, get to know people on the team. It's a very long sales cycle, not just in India. People say India moves slow. It's not just India. It's when people are writing big checks, it doesn't matter where you are in this world. Everyone moves slow. Right. Right. As no one wants to spend a million, five million, ten million dollars blindly. They want to make sure they're making the right decisions. And that's not possible unless you take the time, you take the effort and you really get to know the people that you're working with. And content may get people in the But what is much better than content is people having relationships and people have worked in the industry for a very long time. You look at WP, you look at Ogilvy, you look at Apple, you look at Microsoft, you look at IBM, if you look at a lot of the biggest companies in the world, they're not known for content creation machines. They're known for products and services and having big sales forces and having good relationships and just being in the industry for 20, 30, 40 years. That is how you build amazing businesses, great products and services, building massive teams that are really good at what they do and that can level up the company. That is the strategy to win. When you look at when you look at NP Digital's strategy, how much are you indexing on products versus services? Most of revenue comes from services. See, with the Uber suggest, let's say someone pays you a hundred dollars a year, making up the numbers, right? It's hard to generate a lot of income for someone paying you a hundred dollars versus one company paying you ten million dollars a year to help them with marketing. It's much faster to scale with bigger contracts. Of course. So what role does then the product play in the equation? Sure. So we bought Answer the Public. We'll integrate it in with 
Oscar suggests. Actually, we're planning on keeping it separate, but we'll integrate it in other ways through the back end and stuff like that. But we'll have two separate sites. Now, when okay. we look at the products, they provide branding for the ad agency and they also provide leads. A lot of the large corporations use these tools because you can use do a lot for free, which right. gets us more brand awareness, more leads. They also create revenue. But the big thing for us for acquiring the tools is branding and more brand awareness for our agency within our space. Okay. I'm very curious about Neil Patel, the creator, because you produce just so much content. What does your media production team look like? Sure. It's just me. So I create most of the content. We have a guy named Pasquale who videotapes the content for YouTube and edits uh -huh. the videos. We have a guy named Ajay who helps come up with some ideas and creates a lot of the social content for Instagram and TikTok. And then we have another person named Salo who helps with some ideation as well. Yeah, including me and two of them, Ajay and Pasquale are contractors. They're not full time. I didn't foresee that. I was like half expecting you to say there are 15 people and there's an assistant for our assistant. No. So today I released a blog post this morning on how marketers are going to be spending their marketing budget in 2023. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I surveyed over 8,000 marketers that responded yeah. to the survey. I myself created the survey, released it, emailed it out, put it on the web so that way we can get the respondents. I wrote the article. Solo created the images for me. I gave him all the data and I said, please make the graphs pretty. And that was it. I wrote it. It took me five, wow. six hours to write it. it. Took me probably another three, four hours for gathering the data, looking at it and slicing and dicing it. And it probably took Solo maybe five, six hours to do all the... And, and then with the blog post, I posted it on social media. I wrote the copy for the email blast and emailed it out. But yeah, I do a lot of it myself. I enjoy it. It's probably a bad use of my time, but I really do love it. See, let's speak about your content creation process. How do you come up with ideas? So with my content creation process, I talk to my team. It's the easiest way. Because you have to remember, I okay. have almost 800 marketers working for me. So I can right. ask them and I get tons and tons of feedback on what we should be doing and ways we can improve. So you manage your own content calendar and you just crowdsource okay. ideas. What are the tools that you use? For content ideations, if no tools, I'll just pick up the phone literally and I'll call like David who runs all of Earn Media, so he'll content. I'm like, oh, what are you seeing? What are people struggling with? He'll give me some ideas. I call Mike Gullix and the CEO. Hey, what are you seeing that people will want to write on? He's going to be really cool. He told me this idea last week. It'd be really cool to a lot of people want to know where marketing spend is going to be spent in 2023 because the recession. Come. I'm like, sounds good. I love that idea. I wrote it. I wrote it. I forgot to tell him. I told him literally this morning before this episode, I shot him an email. I'm like, oh, by the way, I used your idea and I wrote an article and I did a survey on this. That's so cool. That's so you crowdsource your ideas. It's just you writing it. And, and then when it goes to production, does your team monitor your social media, monitor your comments? What are the tools that you use there? I know they use Sprout Social. They do some stuff manually. I use Grammarly for spelling and grammar because I'm terrible at it. And those are the main tools we use. I don't know what my guys use to create the images. Maybe Photoshop. I'm making it up. I don't know what they use for the designs. But yeah, no, it's a good process. As we enter 2023, what's your take on the biggest marketing trends that are going to shape how marketers spend their money? I know you wrote a blog post about it, but for those who haven't read the blog post. 
Sure. So we're seeing a few things. People are A, the biggest decline in spend we're seeing is in traditional media, television, mm-hmm. radio, print, billboards, stuff like that. The biggest increases we're seeing is people wanting to use AI tools, which is interesting so they can reduce the cost for content creation and create more of it. We're seeing video as a big trend. We're seeing a lot of companies spending on podcasting in 2023. So a lot of companies are creating their own podcasts because they don't have them yet. And a lot of companies also said they're going to spend a lot more on podcast advertising. But with the podcast advertising, funny enough, the main reason they're spending on podcast advertising in 2023 is to run ads for their own podcast so they can get more viewers. Another interesting thing that we saw within our blog post we wrote on is there was a lot of people who said they're going to stop advertising or decrease their advertising budget on Twitter. And the reason being was Elon Musk acquired it and they don't like the changes that he's making. And then funny enough, on the flip side, there was a very large percentage saying that they're going to increase their spend on Twitter. And when you ask why, they said they think there's a big opportunity because a lot of companies are slowing down their advertising on Twitter, which means it'll get cheaper, which means they can gobble more inventory and more customers for less money, which I thought was. So Elon has created a very polarizing view for advertisers on Twitter, at least. Influencer marketing, we're seeing people, it's roughly the same percentage that are increasing and decreasing. The ones that are increased are saying is very high ROI positive. The ones that are decreasing are saying, They can't make influencer marketing work. It's a big loss leader, which means on influencer marketing, we're seeing either companies generate a ROI or not. We're seeing a big shift from traditional to performance marketing, SEO, pay-per-click, et cetera. We're also seeing a big shift in companies spending a lot of money on community building. People want to build their own community and harness it because they don't want to be beholden to algorithms, which is what they stated. So they don't want to rely on Google and Facebook and TikTok and all these algorithms, and then it impacts their business very negatively. The other thing that we saw is with organic social media, a lot of companies are decreasing their budget. They're tired of these platforms decreasing their reach and is continually producing a lower ROI each and every single year. So they want to, a lot of them are decreasing their reach overall or spend overall in our Neil, a lot of our audiences are aspiring founder or first-time founders. They often don't have enough of a marketing budget. So if you had $500 to promote your product, let's say it's a micro SaaS product, where would Neil Patel invest those $500? I wouldn't invest the $500. I would figure out what to make free within my micro SaaS product and then what features to charge for. Not do a free trial. You can do a free trial, but I'm talking about freemium. What can you give for Mm -hmm. free and what is paid? That'll actually cause more virality than actually spending the $500. If I had to give a response on what to spend the 500 bucks on, it would be to create content for social media and not to pay for content creation, to buy the tools, the software, the hardware, whatever you need and go create your own content because then you can keep creating content about your products, your services, to generate more viewership in the future and it'll help you generate more sales. What's your personal take on influencer marketing? Because I think brands in India are also waking up to the notion that creators can be their long-term marketing partners. What's your take about what the future is going to look like? Influencer marketing is going to be massive. I see it continually growing. I think you're going to even have a big rise in influencer marketing for B2B. It's not there Mm -hmm. yet. 
but I think it'll be there in a few years. But yeah, no, overall, I'm really excited about the whole influencer marketing space. And I think it's a massive opportunity for corporations. But do you see corporations waking up to the realization that they'd have these people with longer deals for longer with media contracts? Or do you primarily see this to be like a campaign driven thing? No, you'll start seeing, you'll see campaign at the beginning, but you see more longer term in the uh, future. And we already are seeing it within corporations. The bigger thing is companies need to realize and they'll wake up to this, that you can't just pay an influencer and expect it to produce a positive ROI right. strategy in place. Does that influencer have an audience that's related to my products and services? I cannot get a, a Christian Ronaldo to promote marketing services. Everyone knows him for right. playing football or soccer. They don't know him for playing, for being a B2B entrepreneur, or they don't know him for being a marketer, right? So you got to end up having the right influencers. But for example, if I had someone who ran Sequoia Capital India as an influencer mm -hmm. who said, hey, you guys, every company should check out NP Digital. It's the best place to market a company. People will pay attention and it can drive real revenue. The point I'm getting at is you need the right audience, influencers promoting. And if you do that, it will work. The big mistake people make is they just pick people who have followings and some of their followings are somewhat related, but it's not related enough. Where do you stand on the performance marketing versus brand marketing scale? Where do you stand on that scale and in terms of indexing for a brand? So you need both. If you look at shoes in India and then all over the world, people love Nikes. Children love right. Nike. Right. Nike is known as a powerful brand. You don't have to Google mm -hmm. them. You just know about them. If you right. want a car, you know, there's really popular cars in India or India own. Range Rover is a worldwide popular car manufacturer and it's an India company now. And when right. you look at it, it's a brand. So when I look at a company and its life cycle, at the very beginning, the early stages, you need more performance marketing. It provides an ROI. Companies have smaller budgets. That's what you need to do to generate, you know, the return. And you should have almost all your money going to performance. When you spend on performance and if you have a good product or service, people get to know you. You are also building your brand at the same time. So it's not that they're separate. They can actually help each other. And then over time, as you end up getting out there, what you also need to do is start spending some of your money on brand marketing. Now, I'm not right. saying you should spend 100%, but you can spend 10, 20, 30%. Once you get really large like a Nike, yes, maybe half your money will be spent on branding and the other half should be spent on performance. But if you look at the platforms that drive, that let you purchase ads, traditional networks like television, then you also have online channels or digital. The digital companies like a Google and a Facebook, they're much, much larger than the traditional businesses. Why? Of course. Because it produces a much higher ROI, right? Why are companies, what we're even seeing in our budget when we did our study for 2023, why is the biggest decrease in spend going from traditional and switching to performance? It's because of the ROI. So I would say at the beginning, almost all your money should be spent on performance. As your company gets older, you'll start seeing around 80% on performance, maybe 20% on branding. And then over time, once you're a very large corporation, maybe you'll get to 
True that. When you go about advising brands in specific sectors, what does, let's say, a performance campaign that you'd recommend for a specific sector like, let's say, SaaS, how does it look different from some a seemingly traditional sector like, let's say, FMCG? How are the suggestions different from your end? So let's get really specific. Let's right. say I have a B2B self-service SaaS selling right. small ticket items for 100 bucks, 200 bucks, going all the way up to $1,000 a month. And then on the flip side, let's say we have a D2C brand selling toothpaste, okay? So for the SaaS company, what you'll find is you'll start creating a lot of content. In B2B and performance, content actually generates a massive ROI, leveraging emails, educational content, leveraging freemium, giving some way some of the product away for free, leveraging ads. These are all effective strategies. In the retail side, you will see that Yes, creating content helps, but what is a lot different is influencers provide a massive ROI. Getting reviews is very important compared to in the B2B sector. Yes, you need to create content, but content doesn't have as big of a role. SEO still has a big role. Paid advertising has a big role. You'll also start seeing people, when they do create content, it'll be like those viral videos of people unboxing and using the products and leaving self-reviews or one of those creative ads that makes pe- a product go viral and the ads then perform better because it's a funny advertisement on why you should use that product. Mm-hmm. So th- those are some of the differences and nuances, but they're still doing a lot of the same elements. They both do conversion optimization. They both will do paid ads, both on social and search and media buys. The big difference is there's a lot of little nuances like, One does influencer, one won't do as many influencers. One cares more about reviews and B2B. Yes, reviews are important, but not as much as consumer. One can leverage multiple platforms to sell like Amazon and Flipkart and Walmart and the list goes on and on, right? So it it starts varying. There's a lot of nuances depending on the exact sector. Okay, so we're about at the end of our episode, Neil. My last question is tying back to your intro, really. Given your experience in marketing for over a decade now, if there's somebody starting out in marketing in 2023, somebody fresh out of college, what's your one advice to that person? Focus. So we see a lot of marketers who are trying to learn everything, SEO, Mm -hmm. paper advertising on Google and Bing and then get really good at Instagram ads and then really get really good at organic social and get good at video SEO or email marketing or conversion rate optimization. You don't know how to know everything. People right. these are hiring marketers who specialize if you want to be an employee at a company or if you want to run an agency, you're going to have a lot of competition. So you need to specialize in a vertical and a specific type of marketing strategy or tactic. That's how you get your start. It doesn't mean that you can't expand to multiple verticals or multiple tactics and strategies or skill sets over time, but you need to specialize at the beginning. The money is actually going after massive TAMs. Everyone always says niches, but you don't build a big company going after a niche. You got to start off with focus and then expand into broad markets. True that. But you get your foot in the door by specializing. You then build a large corporation or make more money by going more broad. Absolutely. And on that insightful note, it's a wrap. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Neil. Really appreciate you taking time out. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. 
guys please do tune in next week for the next episode of the un cooperated podcast see ya thank you for tuning into the un cooperated podcast with me sekar please follow rate and review us on spotify and apple podcasts and share our episodes far and wide You can also sign up for our free U Incorporated newsletter on our website theuink.co and send us your suggestions at hi@theuink.co. We have all the links in our show notes. Catch you in the next episode.